Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Grief and Rebirth Podcast, whose mission is to educate, enlighten, and provide healing choices through interviews with grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and people who have inspiring stories to share. I'm Irene Weinberg, the creator and host of Grief and Rebirth Podcast, with a loving reminder that you can see the full show notes and all Grief and Rebirth Podcast episodes on IreneWeinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I've become familiar with an extraordinary organization that no one in our listening audience would ever want to belong to, but it is very important and a very needed organization to know about. Helping Parents Heal is an incredible nonprofit organization dedicated to assisting bereaved parents to become shining light parents by providing support and resources to aid in the healing process. I'm very honored to be able to introduce our esteemed Grief and Rebirth podcast listeners to one of the uplifting and gifted presenters and healers who will be at the Helping Parents Heal Conference in Charleston, South Carolina, either later this year or next spring. I'm sure you won't be surprised to hear that the Helping Parents Heal Conference, which was scheduled for April 2020, has been postponed due to the coronavirus. <clears throat> My interview today is with Michelle Clare, who will be giving a workshop on near-death experiences, doing a platform mediumship reading, and seeing clients at the Helping Parents Heal Conference. Michelle is a psychic, a medium, an angel and life guide communicator, a life coach, and a healer. Wow, what a comprehensive and powerful combination, combination of healing gifts that is. Michelle, welcome to Grief and Rebirth Podcast. It is my pleasure to share with our listeners that I had a few very insightful sessions with you last year that shed light on my soul path. I know you believe that each of us is here for this specific purpose. So let's begin our interview with this question. What was the path you envisioned for yourself before your new path as a medium and more was revealed to you? Well, let me start by saying thank you so much, Irene, for having me on here. It's, it's a blessing to be able to share this time with you. Uh, you know, originally, my, my life was a stay-at-home mom and a wife and um, just enjoying being present in the moment. I have three kids, and I've been married for 20, oh gosh, 23 years. So really, a very simple life was what I had planned for myself. Um, and, and then I have had three near-death experiences. And in 2011, I had a traumatic brain injury. And that actually occurred for people who like numbers on 11 
Um, so at that point in time, uh, my connection to spirit was absolutely shifted and opened up on a whole nother level. And it, and it changed the framework of who I am today. I can kind of relate because I had a spiritual awakening, as most of our listeners know, that absolutely changed my life, too. Michelle, I know you receive messages from our loved ones who have crossed over, and you also receive messages from angels and spirit guides. Could you share what an angel is, how angels look to you, and what a spirit guide is, and how does a spirit guide look to you? Yeah, well, so I've I've actually been able to encounter um, both, which has been through some of my near-death experiences. And um, the first time I saw an angel in my first near-death experience, I was absolutely stunned at the beauty, at the size. I would say she was 12 to 14 feet tall. Wow. Just Yes, huge. Um, wings and the whole thing, like wings. Her. Yes, with wings and iridescent and somewhat a little bit translucent and yet at the same time very solid. Um, and I think they're able to manifest the way they look to how we will respond to them. Um, so that was apparently the way that I was going to respond at that point in time. But she was absolutely beautiful and absolutely um, filled with a love and a compassion and a contentment that we rarely, if ever, know on earth. And, and the one thing that really surprised me about her is um, she's t angels are telepathic. So I wasn't expecting um, to have communication with her, but I was thinking in my head, what is your name? And she answered me in my head, and her name was, was Madeline. And so it was a very stunning, surreal experience, and yet more real in a way than what I face daily. And that's like life-changing. So how, how are and angel, angels are, they're their own type of being, right? They're not deceased loved ones. They're not spirit guys. So now, so, okay, so, so they're here to help us on the planet, right? Absolutely. I, I, from my understanding, the angels really are here to help us, um, to, to protect us, to um, kind of like a loving support team is how I would suggest I see the angels. They are healers. They're healers of your heart, your mind, your soul, um, and, and very compassionate, loving beings. I, I have not seen an angel that I would say is someone's loved ones. I know that we say that a lot on earth. Like, no, I have another angel watching over me. Um, you do have another loved one watching over you, but I haven't seen a crossover between them. So I haven't read for someone and actually seen their grandfather show up in a pair of wings. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So how is a spirit guide? Because I know we all have, we have our deceased loved ones. We have angels and we have spirit guides. So tell our listeners, do they all, what's a spirit guide? Do, do they, what do they look like? Who, who are these souls, people, formerly yes. in our lives who help us and put those thoughts in our heads that help us? Yeah. So um, in my third near-death experience, I actually met with my life guides or spirit guides. I think that term was interchangeable. Um, and at that point in my life, that was not a word I had ever used or I had ever really thought about. So I just felt like I was meeting with these three beautiful people. They looked um, human to me in form, um, and but very wise. And I felt like I I knew them, even though I knew I didn't recognize their face. I, I felt like I had always known them. Um, 
And, and so to me, the difference between an angel who is this love, compassionate support team, a life guide is loving and compassionate too. But to me, a life guide is someone who you help create your plan, your plan here for your life on earth before you incarnate it. And at that point in time, they're kind of said, okay, I'm going to be the captain of the ship and I'm going to try to help steer you in the right direction. I think if we do these things, it will accomplish your goals. If you get on track, get off track, I will be the one to tap you on the shoulder or smack you on the head, depending on, you know, how much intensity we need. Um, and, and so they play very different roles and yet at the same time, very important and always around us. I'm sure some people listening are saying, what? I planned this stuff that I'm going through? Do we plan our lifetimes mostly to learn lessons? Is, is that part of why we have certain challenges that come into our lives? Yes. I, you know, I do think that we plan our lifetime to learn a lot of lessons. I, I have to tell you, though, I feel like on a soul level, when we're planning in that safe, beautiful, loving, compassionate space, we're really kind of looking at things with rosy glasses. And, and, and then we get here and we do have free will. You, you do have the option to start drinking too much or to not show up for yourself or to not take care of your health or to be cruel to people instead of being kind. So what happens is we come here, I believe, with this plan and these things we want to learn. But along the way, we have this free will where we can make choices to not end up fulfilling the plan that we wanted to. and sidetrack ourselves that's called free choice i free will free choice yeah. yeah i understand that so well so um let me take a moment because we have to take a quick break to allow a minute for our sponsors who keep this podcast free for our listeners we'll be right back hey we're back thanks for tuning in to my insights filled interview with michelle claire michelle let's continue on with this question Please share with us who and what inspired you to become a medium and so much more. I mean, you were just like a housewife doing your thing. <laughs> yes. <And> like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. You know, I, I think the long story is when I was 12, my grandfather passed. And I realized after he had transitioned that he and I still had this open communication. And I would mention to my mom sometimes, you know, oh, grandpa says, and she would say, well, I know you think he would say that if he was here. You know, and so I started realizing, okay, this communication is just between him and I, and and I didn't really think about it. So there was a channel that was always open, but after my near death experiences, it just boomed, exploded open um, to a whole nother level. So through the years, I just kind of learned to keep that information to myself because really it wasn't for anyone else. I had a first near death experience, um, a second one, and then the biggest one was the one in. 2011, where I was actually up on a ladder in my kitchen. We have 14 foot ceilings and I was about 10 feet off the ground and the ladder fell and I hit the back of my head um, on the corner of the of the granite island and I missed my brainstem by oh half an God. inch. So I ended up having a five and a half inch skull fracture, a brain bleed. I lost my, my smell, my hearing, my equilibrium. I had many complications. Well, I have three children. At the time, my younger two were home and they were five and eight at the time. Oh my God. So what happened after that? Um, obviously I was in the hospital for a while and I got home. This happened the first of November, 2011. And then I had, um, 
my son, who was five, he was in kindergarten in January, a couple months after it happened when I was looking pretty normal and the kids were, 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 life was resuming the way it was. My son was five and he started getting depressed and he would tell my mom, me, my mother-in-law, anyone who would listen, I didn't need to be there when my mom got hurt because we believe my daughter, Sophie, who was eight at the time, she was the one who made the 911 call and he had tried to call, but his call, we believe, did not go through. So he would say, I didn't need to be there. Sophie could have done it without me. I didn't help my mom. And it, it did not matter what we said. We said, you open the door for the police officer and we would try to really build him up. And it was impossible. So the end of January, my grandfather who passed when I was 12 years old came through to me um, very clearly. Usually um, spirits don't manifest to me in a body. He manifested to me in my kitchen, which I have not seen before or since. And he was talking about my head injury, talking about my son and talking about my son being really good with electronics. And then he said to me, um, just so you know, you should get the 911 recording. There's something on there you need to know. And I just thought, well, that's really strange. And then our visit was over. Uh, I had not thought of getting that 911 recording. So what happened was I went and requested it took a couple of weeks to come in. And when I got it, I played it. And I hear them say, 911, what's your emergency? And my son in his little broken voice says, Sophie, what do I say? And he lays the phone down. So his call had gone through. And for the next minute and a half, you can hear them trying to get their attention. And then he tells her, I'm going to go push the house alarm button. And she says, hold on, let me call 911. And then she hangs up the phone and her 911 call went through. And they connected her even to the fire department so she could tell them what she was seeing as they were dispatching help. It was amazing. Wow. Um, when he came home from kindergarten that day, I said to him, I said, Josh, your 911 call went through and it was like lifting a 10,000 pound weight off this five-year-old little boy. And I just saw his worth and his self-confidence come flooding back into him. It was really overwhelming. It could not have happened um, without your grandfather. Without my grandfather. And who could, and who, and, and how could you even question that that was real? How could anyone possibly know that? I know. That's amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing. And so what I loved about that, my grandfather passed when I was 12. Here I was 38. He had never met my five-year-old son in this life. They've never walked this earth together. And yet that shows you to the very minute how connected our loved ones are to us when they're on the other side. And we feel like they're so far away. And yet they truly know what's going on in your life and have the ability to help change course for you or your loved ones. If you're listening, if you're, if you're listening, right, if you're listening, if you're open, wow, that is amazing. So for everyone who's wondering, and me too, what is the difference between an angel and life guide communicator, a life coach and a healer, which you do all of them. <laughs> I do do all of them. <laughs> you're a multifaceted healer. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so uh, with the angel communication, really, I think about it as like a radio station tuning into spirit. So the angels, let's say they're on like channel 111. So when I want to connect with the angels, I'm tuning into that channel and I'm connecting with them on that information that they're going to have for you. When I'm trying, when I'm working with connecting with life guides, let's say they're a different channel. 
112 or whatever, right? Um, I'm tuning into that, connecting with that information. Um, life coaching is really what I do on an intuitive level. So that'll be when someone comes to me and possibly they present me with different things that they're facing in their life. And I really just open up at that point to the universe. Um, it will be angel life guide or sometimes even higher levels where I just feel I open up and I say, okay, what do we need to know to help this person get to where they're going? Um, and, or, and give me some steps, give me some ideas, tell me what do they need to know. So that's really when um, I'm connecting on all three levels for that. And then the other thing I will say about the healing, um, that is something that I have been practicing and um, since my head injury. It was nothing I had ever thought I could do or would do before. Um, what I do is a lot of it is angel energy healing. I am a Reiki master, um, but I feel a lot of angel energy flowing through me and working with the, the white Christ light um, and bringing that in and just really um, targeting people, either um, their whole bodies or specific areas. It's really a body, mind, soul healing. So it just kind of depends on what they're open for. Uh, physically as as well as spiritually. So if someone has a pain, if someone has a problem, energetically you can help that to heal. Yes, I can, and I yes, and it, and it happens um, also remote. So I do work on people remotely. That's also. amazing. So instead of going to surgery, sometimes they can just talk to Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, um, you know. I mean, obviously, I'm not a medical doctor, and I would always recommend someone sees their doctor. Um, but I have had success with people in circumstances. That's a, that's wonderful to know, especially now because people can't be traveling. It's worth tough to call and see if it can. What you can do can be helpful because they can't go anywhere right now. That's that's amazing. And and the other thing I'm getting from you that you're saying is that um, energetically there are different levels and vibrations where these where angels are or where our spirit guides come from, whatever. So you can match your vibration to theirs to get the messages. Would that be an accurate way to portray that? That is. That's that's how I perceive it. I mean, that's my awareness of how um, how I work and how I connect. And, and the other thing is being able also, because there is a universal level. This is one thing I know from my three near-death experiences. I, I believe those are happening on three levels. They're happening on our human level, which is what's happening to your body. They're happening on a soul level. And then they're happening on this highest level, which is a universal level, which is the one which ultimately has the yes, you can transition now or no, you're not done with your work um, answer. Um, and, and so if you want to get into that a little bit more, I'd be happy to talk about I'd that. I'd love to hear about that. Um, yeah, because, well, let me just ask this question and then let's talk about that when you get to your near-death experiences and let's, let's uh, touch on that. Mm -hmm. When a person comes to you to seek healing or guide, do you utilize all of your gifts or do you separate them out depending on what the person needs or do they choose which part that they would like? Right. So it's very individual. Some people come specifically wanting, you know, me to do healing work on their ankle. Other people come specifically for a reading. They want to connect with a loved one they've lost. Um, so it's very individual. I, in general, tend to open up and use 
everything that I can to help that person at that time in one sitting. But if someone specifically is looking for one thing over the other, I will, I will try to tailor it to that. Yeah. So now let's talk about these amazing near-death experiences of yours and the insights that you gained from some of them. And then you can go into, please go into whatever you'd like to say to enlighten our listeners. Me too. <laughs> Thank <you>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so my first near-death experience happened in um, April 2000. And I was actually at a hospital because my niece had been born that day. And I had a massive seizure. Um, and I just went down right there in the hospital. And during that a time, seizure? A seizure. A yes. seizure? You were young. I know. I was 24, I believe, when that My happened. God. And I had never had one before, and I haven't had one since. So I, I ended up having the seizure. But during the seizure, what I remember is laying on the ground with my head in my grandma's lap. And my grandma had passed a few years earlier than that. And that was when I looked up and I saw this amazing angel. And I remember I was just laying there in awe of the love and contentment and joy and peace and completeness. I, I've never felt that complete or loved in this human life until that point. And just looking around and being in awe of where I was and, and in no hurry to leave. I mean, I was happy to be there. I, I also had no um, concept of time. It just was like a moment, but not a moment. It was forever all in a moment. And so I looked up and I saw this angel, like I told you earlier. And I remember thinking, what is your name? And she answered me in my head, Madeline. And I was stunned by her beauty, her effortless grace, um, her ability to communicate telepathically. My grandma didn't say anything to me in that near-death experience. I just laid there with my head on her lap and kind of soaked in the moment. And then the next thing I know, I was hearing code, code, code. And so they were calling a code for me because I had quit breathing and wow. I was back. So that was my first near-death experience. Um, for me, that really, I don't think on the soul level or the universal level, I was ever going to have the opportunity to leave. It was more of an awakening experience. Um, so that was kind of just the human experience of it. But it certainly brought me to an awareness that I hadn't had before. Wow. And then they were, how many more your death experiences did you have after that one? Two. So it was so wonderful. You said, let me almost die again so I can have another. <laughs> right. Like, hey, it's so much easier on the other side. Why stay here, right? <laughs> so what, what were the others like? Okay, so the other one was, the next one was in 2006, April of 2006. Um, I was, I had my son. No, actually, the experience was in May, but I had him in April. I had many complications, and the doctor said, okay, let's do um, a DNC, and it was about six weeks after I had had him. So I went in for what should have been a 45-minute procedure, and while I was in there, the surgeon um, ruptured my uterus in two places, and he missed he my- your uterus? Wait, say that again? He ruptured <gasps> my uterus. Oh, my God. I know in two places. And he missed my aorta by like a millimeter. Literally, it was so close. They couldn't stitch it. They had to just pack that area. My God. So what I remember though, during this, so this 45 
minute procedure turned into a three and a half hour emergency surgery because of all of the damage that happened during that time. What I remembered was I had this beautiful white shepherd and her name's Tahoe. And she had transitioned a couple years before that. And at night when she was here, she would always come and lay her head on my bed and check on me, kind of like make the rounds. I remember seeing her walk into the operating room, lay her head on the gurney, and the next thing I knew, we were gone. And we were on this phenomenal beach, phenomenal beach. And I could see down around the curve of the island. I knew I wasn't supposed to go around the curve. And she and I were just running and running on the beach. Now, here's the funny part about this. I hate to run. And I tell people, if you see me running, call nine. Like, that is not me going for a jog, (laughs) you know. But in this near-death experience, here she and I are. We are running and running on this beach. And the only thing I'm aware of is each breath and each step. It literally took me to the present moment, the the timelessness of it all. And I really was able to soak that in and realize um, I had no idea how long I had been there with her. I still don't. That was my human experience of what was going on. And the interesting thing that kept catching my attention was how we didn't get tired or hot or thirsty and we were just running and running and, we were on and without time. Yeah. And without without touching her, I could tell she was happy. I I could feel her feelings. I could feel she was so happy to be together and our love and that connection, that completeness. So this is what's happening on the human level. This is gonna take it into where I start realizing that there are three levels happening. On a soul level, um, I know that my son was six weeks old at this time, and I can feel that he is very energetically frightened because this is a long life (laughs) at times, and he's just come in and his mom's about to check out. And so on the soul level, I can feel him calling to me, and my soul goes to him, and I say, do not worry. I will find a way. I'm not leaving you. And this is really important for everyone to remember. At that point in time, my soul was able in to usher in Christ and the miraculous and literally, I believe, save my own life. And so, so now when you talk about Christ, I just want to say this because mm-hmm. there are people who are not Christian who are listening right. to this. Christ consciousness, it doesn't have anything to do with the religion. Correct. He's Correct. just a, 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 on a spiritual level. He's a great healer. Right. Who is right. there? Am I correct? Like yes. ascended master or great healer? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I'm ushering in this this consciousness. Um, you know, I was raised Christian and I also believe that um, you know, in those near-death experiences or when you transition, you will meet the masters that you're comfortable with because it's all about love and comfort. Absolutely. It's not about right or wrong and this one over that one. It's about love and comfort. So if, if when you transition, you expect to see Mohammed or Jesus or, or whoever you're identifying with, that's who you're going to see. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Well, like I, I have, a, I come from a Jewish tradition, and I channeled my book, and my husband also had said, and and we were very traditional that he saw Jesus, and it was a, a wonderful, loving presence, and all of that. So I know that there's a lot more to that concept. Right. He, he he's even greater, perhaps, than people even realize. Uh, you know. Anyway. Um, 
And your third one, you had a third near-death experience? Yes, and the third one. One is not enough for you. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all, not at all. The third one was the one where I had the traumatic brain injury and I fell off the ladder with my children um, in the house and and they called 911. And so then after that one, after my grandfather came through and connected me with the 911 recording, what I noticed was a couple months later, I had a big visit for a friend who had lost her husband to suicide. And then they just started popping in. And, and it was very, um, well, I really was, thought people were going to think I was crazy, because, but I was getting information that I wouldn't have known otherwise. And, and so at that point- It was just time, easily coming, just flowing into your, into your brain. Yes, it it was just coming in. And I would describe it as kind of like the old fashioned ink stamp, you know, how it would say date, time, name, like you'd go through and fill out your address, all of these things. I would get the information. It would feel like it was stamped on me. It was so much information. Here it is. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I got to get this out. Here it comes. And that would be how I got the information. Then I started mentoring with people and working with it more and realizing, okay, I have a little bit more control over this than I had realized. Wow, that's fabulous. It's amazing. I wouldn't have wanted to go through your three near-death experiences, <laughs> but to have the gifts that came from them is incredible. What a blessing. And you're able to help so many people. It's wonderful. Thank you, you say that we're each here with a purpose. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us about this? And is one of our purposes to heal as much as possible in each lifetime? Yes, absolutely. Um, We are all here with a purpose. And it's different for every person, um, depending on what your soul needs, what your soul's hoping to achieve in this life. But but no one is an accident. No one is random. Um, You are here with a divine purpose. If nothing else, just at the very... um, point of your existence, that your body, every single human body can anchor light into this earth realm that couldn't be anchored here otherwise without it, right? So just by your body, even if we don't want to get into the soul level and just, let's just keep it basic biology, your body is literally anchoring light into this earth realm that could not be here without you. Wow. So when we come here, before we come here, we each know what our purpose is going to be in this lifetime that we're coming in. But then again, you have free will again too, mm-hmm. right? So you can thwart what is guiding you towards that or you can tune into it. Right. You know, so let me tell you, um, I've asked the angels about, you know, is it predestination? Is it free will? What is this? And, and um, because there is a lot of debate about that. And honestly, when I've connected with the angels on that, the answer was yes, yes, and more that you don't understand. So there is a combination of free will here. There's a combination of predestination. And there are other things that just in this realm and this level of consciousness we're not aware of yet. But to think that you're not here with the purpose and you're not playing a part in a bigger plan would be to terribly undermine the purpose of your existence and what your soul's here to do. Yeah. I mean, some people could come here with as easy a purpose, as simple a purpose as just to love and to have joy in their relationships. It doesn't have to be a mind-boggling goal. Right. It doesn't have to be some 
some goal that's going to change the world. You know, what about a gardener who grows beautiful flowers or a, a farmer who grows food that nourishes people's bodies and their souls and their minds, right? I mean, we come here with many different purposes, but because I think we're noticing it right now, right, with the coronavirus, there really is a oneness. We are connected. Hey, if, if you get sick or if you're carrying it and you're spreading it, then other people are getting sick. Okay, well, the, the oneness is it true for the pandemic? The oneness is true for love and the oneness is true for our connection. So in a way, what we're going through is, is teaching us a universal truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and it's a very hard way to learn it, right? I, I do believe um, when I've connected that this really is about evolution, evolution one of um, the human body right? Because you will, a lot of people will get sick and get immunity to it or, you know, strengthen their immune systems from going through that. And, and sadly, there will be many people um, that don't. So there's part of this physical evolution that's occurring. But we're also at this incredible point in history where the doors for spiritual evolution have been flung wide open and the sky's the limit. And we're given this time um, that normally, really, this is a gift of time, whether we want to see it that way or not. But we're being given this gift of time to look inside and, and to actually, for many people, this will be the opportunity to change course in your life, whether those are in relationships that you need to let go of, a job change, um, things you need to add, time to meditate, time to just get to know you. We forget who we are. By the time you hit the age of, you know, 30, a lot of us have already forgotten who we are because we've been so wrapped up in who the world told us we are. And it takes a tragedy and something really big to get our attention to go back to that inside your core, in your soul, there's an awareness of a higher realm, a divinity that we don't tune into every day. I do think that for a lot of people, um, there is people are not going to be the same when they when this is over. It's mm -hmm. going to change a lot of perceptions, um, and it's bringing out um, other negative, toxic things also in the world. It's bringing a lot to our attention that in our busyness and our frenetic running, we couldn't we didn't pay attention to. Right. You know. Absolutely. You know. Um, Michelle, you of all people must have a message about the importance of healing to share with our Grief and Rebirth listeners. And now they have are being presented with some time to start to consider mm -hmm. if they would like to heal uh, different aspects of themselves or discover different aspects of themselves. What would you like to tell everyone? Yeah, you know, healing, um, it doesn't have to be done by someone who is quote unquote a healer. We all have the ability to heal ourselves. When I'm working with someone, whether it's through mediumship or angels, life guides, healing work, I'm literally just holding the space for that energy to channel and to go into you. And so, so we like that. We, as humans, we like to, to see someone else doing it because it makes us feel like, oh, I can't do that, but you can. But the reality of the situation is we all have that gift of healing. So it's really about getting in tune with your heart and using loving kindness and, and thinking about where do you want to direct that healing energy, that, that white 
Christ light, the healing light, um, it's in you already. So thinking about putting it on the areas, whether they are physical areas, spiritual, emotional traumas, um, and imagining it lighting up with this beautiful white, um, somewhat golden light and clearing out these heavier energies that you don't need anymore. But if you don't feel that um, you can do it on your own, that you can go to a guide like Michelle and she can help you do that too, right? Absolutely. I would think. I would think. And tell us, because now everyone wants a session with you, how can our listeners <laughs> connect with you? The easiest way to connect with me is through my website, and that's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Claire, C-L-A-R-E, dot net. Two L's in the Michelle, right? Two L's. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's michelleclaire.net. Dot net. Okay. Okay, mm -hmm. great. And Michelle, what is your tip for finding joy in life after all you've been through? <laughs> the best tip I have is to try to be present in the moment. Because being present in the moment is actually the only place you can live. You can't live in the past and you can't live in the fear and anxiety and worry that the future might have. So being present in the moment is really um, where it is and connecting, connecting, and connecting to that higher source. That's great advice. And I hope a lot of people are listening. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle, I am so grateful to Helping Parents Heal for inviting me to interview you. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing you at the Helping Parents Heal conference. I'm sure that your workshop on near-death experiences will be amazing and enlightening, as well as the readings you'll be doing, connecting with the deceased children of the conference attendees. What an inspiring and healing resource you are for people who are grieving the loss of their loved ones, and it truly is a pleasure to connect with you once again. Thank you from my heart for our insights-filled interview today. And here's a reminder, everyone, that you can see the full show notes and all Grief and Rebirth podcast episodes on irieweinberg.com. And make sure to follow us and like us on social at, at Irene S. Weinberg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks again for joining us. And as I like to say, to be continued, many blessings. And bye for now. <laughs>